This program is sponsored by Unidos US and Comcast. It's recorded in our studios located in Hollywood, Florida, USA. Hello, everybody. Today is our podcast number five. Welcome, everybody, to talk about citizenship and 400. Hi, Magali. How are you today? Hello, Raisa. How is everything going with you today? I'm very okay, and I'm very happy to be here with you and uh, everybody who wants to know more about N400 and parts of N400. Total parts of N400, we know, 18, and today we are going to talk about part number 1, 2, and 3. In our last podcast, we spoke about um, the names. We were speaking uh, with, uh, with you, uh, the different names that we have, especially females. We are always carrying on the name of our spouses but also the original names that we obtain through our birth certificate. It's very surprising to see that during the time that we discuss uh, what is your name, most of our clients forgot about the original name that we obtain based on our baptisms and our birth certificates. So um, always... Even if in your papers, in any kind of legal document in the United States, your name doesn't figure as the original one, still immigration uh, had your birth certificate, so you cannot forget what was or what is your original name. This part, really, Magali, is very complicated and confusing because new vocabulary, different vocabulary, what they have to learn, New words, previous name, current name, legal name, full name, given name, family name, middle name, maiden name. All these words new for many, many of our students. And they have to learn. They have to know what means each of them. Like, what is your given name? Many students, they have no even idea what they ask you. And that's the reason why it's so important to practice in citizenship classes how to respond the question about what is your legal name. So in our last podcast, we were trying to um, give you a little idea about the many questions the officer can ask you about your, your legal name in the United States. But today, we are going to be centering our conversation into... Um, what uh, immigration will be starting finding out um, your legal status in the United States. So, number one, there is a very good question, uh, which is your social security number. I have a question for you, Raisa, through your experience. And what if I go to the interview and I don't remember my social security number? What do you think about that? I believe this is very important to memorize this and you don't have to carry that social security card because in the moment when you have to maybe answer these questions, not exactly during your interview and different kind of the 
situation or moments, you have to memorize that. You don't have to have that uh, card with you and every time you have to go for that card. Not so many numbers, but very important for you to memorize. And no excuses. Oh, it's, it's too long. I cannot memorize my social security number. This is you and our system of the government. And this is your number and you have to memorize. If you cannot memorize that number, officer can say, okay, you are not ready for this interview. Also, CIS adjudicator, the office, the immigration officer will be um, asking you about your date of birth. Sometimes as a part of the abbreviations Americans use, especially people, you know, English speakers, they like to speak very short and they, they can ask you, when is your DOB? So DOB, Raisa, is a big question when you are not prepared to the interview. Imagine if you go and the officer asks you, when is your DOB? Actually, they will say, when is your date of birthday? But we have to be very much prepared in case that somebody is asking you a simple question like that in that way. Exactly. This is very easy, simple question, but officer can ask this information in different ways. And maybe the way what you don't know, you never hear, you never, uh, uh, nobody ask you the way what can officer ask you about your date of birth. The easiest way, what is your date of birth? As Magali said, what is your DOD? Or when were you born? That is very, very difficult question. But officer asking you the same information. And if you had no good luck, an officer asked you in a difficult way for you, officer didn't know. This way you don't understand the question. You just have to ask officer, excuse me, can you rephrase your question? Or excuse me, can you repeat this question with using different words? An officer will do that with all his pleasure. In addition, the other question that is going to be up will be your date when you became legal permanent resident. I think one of the uh, indicators that you control the information of your M400 is when you know this date. Um, assuming that the officer will ask you every single one of these questions, so it's important to get this number by heart, meaning that we have to know when we became an American citizen. So, Raisa, if I don't have the information and the officer asks you when you became legal permanent resident, and I answer, hi, officer, I don't remember, what do you think about that? I believe, like, we always telling our students they have to memorize that. If they never use this number or this date, they have to memorize now. Everything what is in an application, they have to memorize. That is very, very important question. And you have to know, as you said, by your heart. By a student, they have to know that by their heart. They have to know this date. That is important, and you have to follow your study and 400 to have that information. Because easy question like that can ruin your interview. And that is no good. What about Magali of gender? That is very difficult question if officer will ask you, what is your 
gender could be confusing when I don't speak English and I don't know what is male or what is a female. So both totally different, of course. Uh, it's not a question or a matter of, of orientation. It's a matter of gender. So everything falls into vocabulary. This question, some, uh, somebody like getting like offending. They know, they can see my gender. Why are they asking me? They are checking your English. Many students, when I'm asking them for first time, they don't know what does mean gender. But again, if you don't understand question, ask officer to help you. And that asking help means, excuse me. An officer will ask you this question different way. Are you male or female? How is it that question? You just have to know, have to ask officer to help you. You have to say, excuse me, can you rephrase this question? Can you ask me this question using different words? Or only easy, simple, excuse me, an officer will know what to do. Or just use um, different words or just ask you little slower voice. Or just maybe ask you a little louder. Right. So therefore, um, one a very good uh, uh, way to address uh, the next question, Raisa, is your country of birth. What is your country of birth? So country of birth, you're like, what do you mean by country of birth? Normally, the question is, where are you from? But if they formulate the question like, that one which one is your country of birth so then this w question can be a little bit complicated when i don't understand simple words as birth so they are asking just a simple question raisa where are you from but they can ask you what is your country of birth yes where are you from what is your country of birth or where are you from or they can ask you, are you from Brazil? Even this way they can ask you. Look at how many ways only one question can be asked different ways. If one way what officer use asking you this information and you didn't understand, I'm repeating and I will repeat this all the time. Ask for help. Ask officer, excuse me. Can you ask me? using different words this question or can you rephrase this question please or maybe easy simple can you repeat this question sir officer and of course officer will help you what country are you from what is your country of birth where are you from are you from mexico easy simple country of birth is different than country of nationality so I don't think uh, the answer will be only restricted to the country of nationality because there are two different questions. So do not get confused when the officer asks you, where are you from? What is your country of birth? And that's totally different than a country of nationality. So we have people that are originally, their birth is Peru. But then 
they were living or their life in Venezuela. In that case, your nationality is Venezuelan, but your country of birth is Peru. So you have to be clear about that nationality and the country of birth. Sometimes our uh, applicants, they hold dual nationalities and they have, for example, from Spain. So what to do? What to respond to the officer if I have multiple nationalities? Yes, Magali, these questions ask us many times many students. They are citizens of, uh, for example, Cuba, but they have nationality of Spain because parents, mother and father, they are citizens of that country and they have two nationality or they have two different country to put in session 11. They don't know which one, Cuba or Spain. Country of birth, yes, only one country, that is Cuba, clear. But nationality can be two nationality. Which one they have to put in their N400? Cuba, nationality, country, or Spain, country of nationality? Well, in my USCIS.gov, the system only allows you to disclose one country of nationality. But when we complete the application in paper, you can disclose both nationalities or even if you have a third nationality. So it's okay to disclose the three of them and the day of the interview, please bring your passports and show to the officer the other country of nationalities that you already have. And my certificate, when they all give me a certificate of nationality or naturalization certificate here of the United States. Sometimes officer asking, what country of nationality do, do you want to have in your naturalization certificate? And you have to choose if you have two or even three country of nationality. You can choose. Not mandatory must to be city of your, um, sorry, country of your birth. If your country of birth, Cuba, but you have two extra nationality, Spain or Italy, you can choose one of these three and maybe your choice is to put Spain. That is okay. That is your choice and we respect that to have this country of nationality and your N-400. Right. So following the N-400, in the part number uh, two of the application, Many of our applicants are people that are probably uh, 70 and older, probably 80 and older. Um, we have people with different kinds of disabilities. So we have a lot of questions re in reference to what are those exceptions to uh, do the test in your original language or just not to present the test because you have a mental disability or impairment that prevents you to um, develop your interview. So there is a form that the name is N648. This is a very common form for those that are into the naturalization um, uh, process. 
uh, and we can speak about how difficult is this uh, medical certification, Raisa, and how complicated it is for doctors also to fulfill uh, the application in a good way. Yeah, many students asking this, who is in charge to give me that form N648 to have my disability exceptions to take my test? Because English with advanced age, it's very difficult to learn and prove English during the interview. I was very, uh, and I've been following up with many applicants that had a special need and a special, uh, issue with the, um, with their, uh, disabilities. And, uh, when they go to the doctors, the reality is very hard. But remember that although you present the N400 along with the N648, uh, this questionnaire position from the officer will accept or not uh, all these arguments from the doctors on which they or he or she disclose your uh, impairment to present your test. So, case by case, uh, I think immigration is very, very demanding uh, in terms of the N648, the quality of the information. My advice to those that are falling into the N648 is just to get together with the doctor and talk to the doctor about the cause and consequences of mental conditions, of physical conditions, and the correlation between the physical condition with the mental condition. And anyhow, to be clear about the diagnosis of this person based on a real matter. So N648, they are just uh, a, a, a basic... Uh, uh, applications that are not in the hand of the person that is preparing the N400 application, your primary care doctor, your medical uh, specialists, all these people, these these uh, healthcare providers are the only ones that could be fulfilling the N648. Yeah, we had many cases. Students they sending their N400 with form N648. They are expecting they don't have to take tests. In English, they will be taking tests in Spanish, but we don't know if that N648 will be acceptable until day of interview. And some of students, they had big surprise when they went to interview and they had answer, sorry, you have to take your interview, you have to have your interview in English. Be aware that when you submit the N400 application with the N648, everything has to be sent at the same time. So this is one of the new requirements. Uh, maybe, Raisa, through the process, I had a stroke, I had something, and that is a last-minute situation that totally changed my mental stability and my health. So. Those are different cases, but in the scenario that I've been going to a doctor for years and I have already a diagnosis, it is supposed that I have to submit my N400 along with the N648. Yeah, this is very serious moment 
and we have some exceptions for a tech interview or half interview in own language, Spanish or Russian or Arab language. It depends what country are you from. And if you have certain age and you have certain time of uh, your status as legal permanent resident, you can have your interview in your own language. Remember that giving and receiving a good advice basically is everything when you submit your application. I hope that you enjoy today um, this little part of the application form and, uh, and we hope that you can listen once and again and again. Thank you, Raisa. We will see you next time. Thank you, Margali, to be with us and to have this moment with our students. Thank you very much. We are waiting for your questions. Please send your questions. We will be more than happy to answer all your questions. Bye-bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye.